بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ سنائٹ از دا ٹینتھ آف سپٹمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی فالوئنگ Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if poverty has delayed him, enrich him. If sickness is the cause of his delay, cure him. If some other work has held him back, complete it so he can worship. And even if amusement is delaying him, then turn him once more in obedience to you. Subhanallah. They called him Behaki. So what is going on? If you treat Jumma with honor and respect and you go early, the angels have got your back. Think about that. Which one of us does not need these priceless du'as from such honorable and sinless creations? So this is one virtue of coming early for the Jumma. So now when you come early, there's virtues and there's other amazing things which the Prophet mentions in Allah. Another auspiciousness of the Friday prayer. is that apparently its entry time comes even before the entry time of Zuhr. So this is fascinating. Normally Zuhr enters when the Zawal passes. So if the Zawal, you say 10-15 minutes after Zuhr has entered, there seems to be an exception for Friday. So why do I say that? Abdullah ibn Sayyidan al-Sunmi, rahmatullah alayhi, he said, میڈین <laughs> فرائیڈے <laughs> فَقَالَتْ صَلَاتُهُ وَخُطْبَتُهُ إِلَىٰ أَنْ أَقُولَ زَالَ النَّهَارِ His salah and his sermon were offered during the decline of the sun after the meridian. فَمَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا آبَ ذَلِكَ وَلَا أَنْكَلَحَ I never saw anyone object or have a dislike for any of this. I.e. the actions of the Khilaf al-Rashidi. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Darukutni in his Sunan, volume 2, page 17, with the Hassan Chenab transmitters. So this is a senior tabi'in. So how do we know? Because he's seen Khilaf al-Rashidi. 
He's had the honor of offering Jumma with Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman. It's a tremendous honor. But he taught us something. He said, Abu Bakr, it was over, basically. The, the sermon and the Salat had finished before the meridian. Question. It's not even Zohar time. He's finished. What does that tell you? Jumma has a special time. People, if you ask them, you know, and you can't blame the ignorant masses. What does uh, Jumma replace? Because Zohar, it replaces Zohar. And they lie in one aspect. Why? Because you got the two rakats. But it's actually incorrect. Why? Because if it replaces Zohar, how can you offer it before Zohar? The times are entered. Abu Bakr Siddiq has offered, done the khutbah and prayed. Zawal hasn't even entered. Then the Tabi'een said, I prayed with Umar, Juma. His salah and sermon were offered just at the meridian. Meaning, it's the time of Zawal. Meaning he did it slightly later, but at the time of Zawal, it's done. Then he said, I prayed with Uthman. He offered the salah and sermon during the decline. Now the Zohar has entered. When Uthman just was finishing, he goes, nobody had any dislike to any of this. Meaning, nobody said yes, that was specific for Abu Bakr's time. We don't do that now. That was specific for Umar's time. We don't do it. None of them said anything. So what does that tell you about Jummah? Apparently, there's no Zawal. Confirming this further. In Nasai, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah stated Sahih in Sahih Sunan al-Nasai number 1317 Jabr radiyallahu anhu said Kunna nusalli We offered the prayer with Rasulullah on a Jummah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Thumma narji'u fanarihu nawadihna Then thereafter we freed our camels Used for drawing water from the wells for rest. One of the narrators asked, What hour was that? He said, It was when the sun declined, I just after the meridian. So let's look at this. Sayyid Hadith in Nasai. Now Rasulullah, the best of times. A Sahaba said, We offered Jummah with Rasulullah. Then look what he said. After meaning, we finished. We freed our camels. I let them, you know, graze and drink and rest. So a, a person asked, can you tell us the hour you freed the camels? What he really meant was, when did the Jummah finish? <laughs> so we can work out when Rasulullah, when he offered the Jummah. And Jabr radiallahu said, Zawal al-Shams. It was when the sun just declined, meaning it's passed. It just passed the meridian. <laughs> so now, these are the hadith. It was due to these and other proofs that Imam Shafi'i and some of the Hanbalis, rahimahumullah, believed there was actually no zawal on Fridays. I, the prohibited time in which salat is not allowed around midday when the sun reaches its zenith. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So now, how is it applicable? How do we take from this? What we take from this is that if there is no zawal, you can pray salat. Mm. Normally, you wouldn't think, okay, the wild times entered, I've got to stop now. Mm. 
because these are the times you're not allowed to pray, i.e. when the sun is just rising and you have to wait 10-15 minutes for the ishraq, zawal, you can't offer, you have to wait 10 minutes for the zawal to pass and just before the maghrib enters, you have to wait 10 minutes. Apparently, these hadith say no. On a Friday, there's no zawal. Why? Because the Khalaf al-Rashidin offered the prayer before the zawal. And Rasulullah offered it and he finished it just after. And these are authentic reports. So why is that? There's a hadith. The hadith is in Abu Dawood. It has weakness. And the Prophet wasallam said that Allah Ta'ala, he, he took the fire at the time of zawal, the hellfire. He, he increases it in its intensity. But then the Prophet said, except on Friday. <laughs> Meaning that Friday he doesn't intensify the heat of the hellfire at Zawal. Why? Zawal. It's a special day. So note, now why is this important to highlight? Because when you are actually in the Jummah prayer, you go to offer Jummah, people are worried about Zawal. You notice this. The Hanafis, Rahimahumullah, they still say that you shouldn't offer the time. When the Zawal enters, wait 10 minutes. This is the Hanifi verdict. However, because the other schools have their view and there's authentic reports, there's leniency. You understand? Why? Allah Ta'ala has honored the day of Friday. Think about that. He's honoring it. The Tabi'een would come and offer Salatul Tasbih before the Jummah prayer. Salatul Tasbih is a long prayer. And Zawal gets right in the middle of it. How are you going to offer Salatul Tasbih when Zawal's entering quickly? So that seems to indicate there was no Zawal. They were offering Salatul Tasbih. So no, Jummah is a very special day. Allah has honored it above the other days. In addition, the four Rakat Sunnah before the Jummah prayer and indeed the Zuhur prayer becomes more auspicious if offered with just one Taslim at the end. For Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiyallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Arba'an qabla al-zuhri laysa fihinna tasliman tuftahu lahunna abwaabu al-sama. Four rakat before the zuhr with no taslim in between finds a way through all the gates of the heavens. This is in Abu Dawood. And Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Hassan in his Sahih Sunan Abi Dawood number 1131. So now, what, is this? what do we take from this? There's a four rakat sunnah prayer before the Zuhr. Everybody should be aware of that. There's also a four rakat sunnah prayer before the Jummah. You can offer this two ways. You can separate it by doing two rakat sunnah, completing the prayer and offering another two rakats. Or you can offer it in one go, four rakats. This authentic report says it's better to do it in four rakats. Mm-hmm. Look at the wording. What did the Prophet say? Four rakats before Zuhr with no taslim in between finds a way through all the gates of the heavens. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem. You know, a lot of people think you're having to go to somebody's fik. Oh, brother, no, no, no. I do two. I always do twos. Like, I've been told that. And then you go, look, brother. It's not a matter of what's halal and haram. You're offering the four rakats. It's a matter of getting the maximum return for it. So I humbly say to you, if you are doing two and two, don't do that. Do four rakats sunnah. Intention, four rakats sunnah. Before the Jummah, Allahu Akbar. 
and offer it without any tasleem, like you're doing a four akkad fadad prayer, you know, for instance. <laughs> Look what the Prophet said. It, it finds a way through all the gates of the heavens. Means it's a special. Allah Ta'ala gives it more honor if you do that. However, to offer them in sets of two is also permissible. Why? Because Abdullah ibn Umar relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Salatul Layli wa Nahari Mathna Mathna. The prayers of the night and day should be offered in twos. In twos. <laughs> what did the Prophet Sallallahu say? The prayers of the night and day should be offered in twos. In twos. Mathna Mathna. This is recorded in Abu Dawood. And Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah stated Sahih. In Sahih Sunan Abu Dawood, number 1151. So is there a contradiction? No. You can offer it in twos. Day and night. No problem. But the Prophet made an exception. And the exception he made was for the four rakat sunnah before Jummah. So if you do two and twos, no problem. But it's better to do four. So why am I mentioning all this? Were you aware of this? These are sunnats. You know, people are so, you know, so much passion for innovations. You can't believe what's going on. You know, they're having debates about it. One scholar's, another scholar's throw. And it's a, it's a bidat. Why are you wasting your energy on that? Are people aware of the sunnat? <laughs> Look at these sunnats. Like shaitan keeps you busy. Like, you know, the old saying, keep them busy. <laughs> so they, they miss the bigger picture. <laughs> Put the smoke screen there. <laughs> and Jumma, imagine all these blessings that, you know, we're oblivious to. In addition, one if one begins to doze during the Friday sermon, now this is was sad. This is common now. Because the Jumma khutbahs push you to sleep. Why? They don't prepare anything. You know, scholars come and I, I actually asked, you know, I'm not you know, you don't know who it is. I asked, I was I was woken up with him once. And I asked him, I goes, have you prepared anything for Jumma? He goes, No. He goes, I'll, when I sit on pulpit, I'll you know, whatever I think, I'll I'll go through it. So there's your imam, mashallah. That's how much he's concerned about you. So what do you expect? He'll start off talking about Syria and talking about, you know, Istinja. Right? So, and then the person goes, what was in Jumma? You know, so let me put you on the spot. We just prayed at Jumma. What was the imam talking about? Can you remember? Is it your fault? Right? So the response is, you know, we're in a bad state. Why has Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, made the Jumma, the khutbah, Obligatory. Because who is that khutbah for? The khutbah is not for the awliya. They don't need it. The khutbah is not for the righteous. Who is it for? It's for the guys whose iman is weak. Allah Ta'ala in His kindness says, they don't even hear my name all week. They don't hear my beloved's name all week. I've given them a lifeline. And who's the lifeline given to? The imams. Meaning you better wake them up. But be honest. Those bachari come in last two minutes. Can't blame them because they're not learning anything. And then they get roasted. Oh, they come in now, look, they're entering now. Look at them like a stampede. And then they're thinking, well, forget it then. Right, you know, might as well quote the last thread of Iman. Now, look how interesting. You start dozing in the sermon. Come on now. It is recommended for you to change place with the person next to you. This is sunnah. In doing this, he should be very careful not to speak. Rather communicate through gestures. Why? Because the khutbah, you're not allowed to talk. 
So where's the proof that you actually can do that? In Behaki 3-238, Shaykh al-Bani authenticated in Sahih al-Jami number 812. Sayyidina Samura, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu if one of you dozes during the Friday sermon, he should change place with the person sitting next to him. Has the sunnah become strange? Why has it become strange? It's not being taught. Imagine you saw somebody do that. You probably have a go in. Oh, brother, khutbah. What are you doing? And then you think, I'm doing what the Prophet told me to do. Next minute, he's thinking, hey, you're going to have to explain this to me, brother. What are you talking about? Well, what it was, I was falling asleep. I'm going to be brutally honest. The Imam was putting me to sleep. So our Prophet said, if you start dozing, change place with the person next to you. Sunnah. Similarly, Abdullah ibn Umr, he relates that our beloved messenger said, if one of you dozes in the masjid on Friday, he should move to another place to sit. This is in Abu Dawood, number 1119. Shaykh al-Bani authenticates it in Sahih al-Jami, number 809. Now think about that. That's a sunnah. Why? Because if you don't move, you're going to start snoring. And don't, I've heard people snore. Stop full of that. You know, first you get a little, you know, then you think, oh no, right? And then all of a sudden, and then you think, you know, train starts, Right? So what are you supposed to do with him? Can't talk to him, can't even do anything. There's two khutbah taking place. The response is, he needs to move. Get him out of the trance, right? Then what happens? And then you just move and he takes your place. Or he moves somewhere else. By doing that, you're following the command of Rasulullah. One should thus not be concerned about what others may then ignorantly think or say. For you are upon prophetic guidance. Mm. This is the problem. Oh, brother, I can't do it. I'm embarrassed. Why? Because people, they'll start talking. What are you bothered about people for? Your concern is Rasulullah. Imagine you was in Rasulullah's presence. You're not going to doze in his sermon. No chance. But, God forbid, let's say you start dozing. And you did it in his presence. Would he get angry with you? Or would he get happy? Look how strange, you know, he's going to get happy because I told you to do something, you did it. Mm-hmm. Not that you would in his blessed presence. But there you go. Now the problem is this. It takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. The guy next to you doesn't know the sunnah. So, you know, you're like, you know, slumbering in and out. You're thinking, oh no, I better move. You look at the guy and then you're thinking, he doesn't know left from right. <laughs> right? You can't even talk to him because you're not allowed to talk in the khutbah. So how are you going to even do justice? You know, he's going to probably start doing this with his shoulder. So the response is just no good. But you need to learn the sunnah. Now what's the wisdom of this? The wisdom is that other people are listening. You are going to distract them by your slumber. So therefore, Allah Ta'ala has instructed his messenger, make them move so that he doesn't distract the other people. Why? Because the khutbah is important. And one last thing to finish. How long should the khutbah be? <laughs> this is another disaster. In Abu Dawood authentic hadith, somebody asked Ammar ibn Yasir what was the length of the sermon of Rasulullah? Look what he said. Ammar ibn Yasir and another companion, I think it was Jabr. He goes, it was the same length as his salah. 
So, okay. How long was his salat? Two rakats. So, educated guess. 15 minutes. Allah alif. But around, let's say, 15 minutes. The khutbah is 15 minutes. Now, this is what happens. 15 minute khutbah. Five minutes salat. Which example is this? Sometimes people come and they're, they're working. It's a work day, you know, unfortunately. They have to be very precise with their timings. Imam don't give a monkeys. Goes overtime, right? And then he, the guy's thinking, I'm going to get fired now. What am I supposed to do? And then he goes, Brother, look, you know, Imam Sahib, look, you know, I need to get back to work. Please be on time. He goes, Oh, you, Imam is weak. Right? He starts having to go ahead. He's thinking, hang on a minute. Just stick to the sunnah. What's his 50 minute bayan? If you're going to do a 50 minute salat, go ahead. Right? Salat, be honest. Sermon, you know, God knows how long the sermon is. And it's not as if the teaching is anything. Like I said, Siri and, you know, Kacha, right? You know, that's the khutbah. And then you got 50 minutes of that. And then you got, you know, 10 minutes salat. So note again, Jumma. Look at the state of Jumma. Astaghfirullah. Right? This is the day that we're supposed to honor. How are you supposed to honor it when you're oblivious to what you're supposed to be doing? Astaghfirullah. So note again here, I wanted to mention a few things with regards to the Friday. It is a holy day, undoubtedly, but it's also a day that needs to be honored. Mm. Just to add this, I'm sure you've heard it, but I'll mention it. What is the greatest virtue on the day of Friday? What's the most virtuous deed you could do? According to Hafiz Mullah Ali Qari. Ali. Good question. So many amazing deeds you can do. You can use Surah Al-Qaf. You attend the Friday Fajr prayer in the congregation. It's the most beloved uh, congregational prayer ever imagined. You could do the Rujri. You could, you know, this, that. Mullah Ali Qadi said the most virtuous deed on the day of Friday is that you attend the Jummah early. You have a bath, you put on your nice clothes, atal, miswak, you walk, you sit as close as possible to the Imam. You don't talk, you don't cause any distractions. You pray the Jummah prayer, and then look what the Prophet said, unbelievable statement he made. If you do all that, for every step you took to the masjid, you get one year of tahajjid, one year of fasting. This is in Nasai, Abu Dawud, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, Ahmad Mishkat, Shaykh Al-Bani, Rahmatullah, stated Sahih. So let's break that down. You have to break it down because you think, you haven't got it. For each step, you go to the masjid. Let's break it down. The Prophet said one year. We don't get one year. Break it down. <coughs> that one step you've took, you got the reward of 355 nights of Tajjit. There he goes. Now the penny drops. Same step, not a different step. 355 days of fasting. Second step, same thing. Third step, same thing. If you take, if you took, for example, a hundred steps to the, it's going to be more than that, a hundred steps to the masjid, you've got 30, 30, was it? 35 times a hundred, 355 times a hundred, 355,000. Yeah, oh, okay. So if you got a hundred steps to the masjid, you've got 35,500 nights of tajjid and 35,500 days of fasting. <laughs> Mullah Adhikari said that's the most virtuous deed. But not again, early. Having a bath, using atar. People come in last minute.com. They even ask if I missed the first rakah. Have I caught it? Just call what? 
<laughs> you got COVID. What are you talking about? They go, no, 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 I'm just saying if I catch the, you know, if I just catch the, fuck, what are you trying to catch? You're supposed to come early. Right? And he goes, you know, no, I'm just saying, innit? And he goes, oh my God, brother. Right? And then, he goes, then they have a big debate. No, if you catch one rakat, you blow, no, brother. Some said the Jummah's gone. Well, you debate all that, brother. You should have been coming early. So note again, you know, what stay with it. And now, how difficult is it to do 355 nights of Tajjit? Allah gives you one step. How difficult is it to offer 355 days of fasting? One step, same step. Hmm. Abdullah ibn Umr, in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat, Hayat al-Sahab, he would walk to the masjid with such small steps that an ant would overtake him. So what was he doing? He was shortening the steps. He goes, I'm not going to lose her. Huh? <laughs> Each step is what? So he thought, if I even get another extra 20 steps, that's another, you work here, 20 years of tajj and 20 years of fasting. I'm not losing out on that. So he's doing this. And people actually thought he was a bit mad, but he wasn't. He knew what he was doing. Now imagine if you start doing that. Be honest. And also, look how beautiful. If you go really early, you can even show on the steps more. I'll get there in time and give me an hour. I'll get another couple of hundred years of tajjid and fasting. And then you get people, and this was baffles me. They're really fond of fasting. And then you think, may Allah increase your eagerness. But why do you, why do, you do it the easy way? And then he goes, what's the easy way? Go early for Jummah. You can have a very good samosa before you go as well. You know, you don't get an order that it was. And when the other people really fond of Tajjid, they go, MashaAllah, I love playing at night. Mashallah, do, do the easy way. <laughs> Allah is you easy ways to get these virtues, not to belittle the deeds. Well, again, Jummah. And there you go. Do you hear that? People tell you about this. Hmm? All they say is, you have to come as wajib three times, you're monafic. If you don't come, you know, they keep banging the same reports. Uh, Mashallah, you know, I've lost my iman now. You call me monafic. Mashallah. Hmm? Are there any questions you'll ask?